The Bank Next Fintech podcast is produced in association with software technology company Backbase. Hello and welcome to the Bank Next Fintech podcast. I'm Sean Weston and today's guest is Max Rofaga. He's the founder of Finimize, a news platform that aims to provide financial knowledge to those who don't necessarily keep up with what's going on in the world of money and finance. So in this respect, you're not actually quite dissimilar to what we do here at Bank Next, though we're pitching opinion pieces in the B2B community. Um, am I right in saying Finimize is something that my sister or my mum and dad might use to understand finance better, or are you targeting a much younger demographic? Uh, yeah, so thanks for having me on, first of all. Um, pleasure, to, pleasure to be here. So I think, yeah, no problem. Um, I, I obviously don't know the age or the, the sort of the, the stage in the life of your, of your uh, sister, I guess, but uh, I, I think generally <laughs> the, the, the target group um, that we're trying to target is are people like myself. Um, so I'm I just turned 30, um, so late 20s, early 30s, uh, young professionals who've been in a job for, for a few years. Um, but we, what we actually see, which is kind of interesting for us, is that we uh, tend to attract also a lot of people um, who are still studying, um, but probably even more people who are quite um, sort of senior in their jobs. Um, we have very, very senior people on Wall Street and um, also from the city in London um, who engage with our content every single day. Um, and so we seem to be sort of resonating with those target groups as well, but sort of the core target users probably um, somewhere in the late 20s, early 30s. Okay, well, one of my sisters has just turned 30, so she's perfect, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect. So where are your headquarters? Where are you from? We are based in the heart of London in Cartonwell and White Bear Yard. Okay, all right. Um, uh, and I, I read something, actually, I hope you can help me with this. It was the OECD and, uh, you know, you're London-based. And it actually said uh, that Brits are among the most financially illiterate people in the world. Is that true? <laughs> um, I'm not sure specifically about the Brits. Uh, we did um, a, a YouGov survey, actually, ourselves. And uh, we definitely found out that most people, specifically sort of in the, I guess, uh, age bracket that I, that I mentioned before, are quite financially illiterate um, and that seems to be sort of the elephant in the room but uh, I, I actually think it is the case in the US and in sort of continental Europe as well um, where we're seeing a lot of our users um, you know pick up our service um, so I don't think it's a, just a British phenomenon. Okay well I'm glad you said that <laughs> <laughs> a little embarrassing and it is Finimize mobile only then? Um, no, so I guess we, we in, in a sense, we're multi-platform uh, because we currently are running a newsletter. Um, so you can read that on any device, um, on your on your desktop or on your mobile, um, on your way to work. Um, and we're we're now building a platform called Finimize My Life, which will be available um, on web, so desktop and on mobile. So we're trying to sort of cover all the all the devices that people use. Okay, and, and what challenges have you come across in, in onboarding people uh, for whom the word finance is scary? So there's been one thing that, that kind of sort of struck us, which, which is kind of interesting, which we're, I think we're, as we're growing, we are facing less of it. Um, but what we found was that people often overestimate, I think, their know-how of finance. 
and they sort of think, oh, I don't need this. Um, and then what we found is that once they've actually signed up, because maybe a friend referred it to them or um, they've been listening to a podcast like this or some, some other um, sort of referral, um, that they love it and they, and they basically read it every day. Uh, but that first hurdle of convincing somebody, hey, here's something that is in a compact format that explains stuff to you, I think um, often uh, sort of requires people um, to sort of have an open mind uh, when approaching it. Yeah. I did read on your site that you want to become uh, top of mind for finance in the same way Amazon is top of mind for shopping. I know many people for whom Amazon is the furthest thing from their mind when they think about shopping, mm -hmm. uh, and yet they're still young. So do you have a plan for those people who are shy about uh, multi-devices or, or they gather their somewhat out of date or inaccurate news from TV channels? Do you have a, a plan for getting those guys on board, or is it a similar thing about word of mouth? As in uh, having having a slightly different um, user demographic, or yeah, yeah, for 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 growth in particular. Um, so we do have a, a few users uh, specifically, I think, on on the platform Finimize My Life, which allows you to create your own financial plan in a couple of minutes. Um, mm -hmm. And what we find there is that we have some people who are actually sort of retired and, and are asking questions um, what they should be doing. Um, but I guess we're very much uh, of the belief that when it comes to product development, you have to have a very specific use case and a very specific tar target user in mind in order to really, really solve the product for that, for that one user. Uh, and if you've nailed that, then you can start um, sort of expanding on that. But I think the risk is if you try to make everybody happy from day one, that you end up making nobody happy um, and it's just a sort of a strategy that takes a bit of time um, that I think is the more sustainable strategy when it comes to building products. I enjoyed your video where you suggested that financial knowledge isn't just about knowing what you spent on groceries last week. I think you're absolutely right. I do, I do also think it, it does help people see where their money goes at a very simple level, and a lot of banks aren't doing that, right? Mm -hmm. But you're talking bigger stuff, aren't you, as well, such as where to invest your money, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think Tell me more about that. So, like I was saying initially, I think the, um, you know, I'm, I'm sort of a target user of this product. And, and the reason why I, I started Finomize was because I had this problem that I uh, had saved some money, just putting money aside from, from my monthly salary into a savings account. And one day I sort of looked at my savings account and I had accumulated some savings. It wasn't sort of life changing, but it was, had reached sort of an amount where I need to start thinking about it. And I had to admit myself to admit to myself that even though I studied economics and I'd been sort of in business, I was pretty clueless when it came to figuring out what to do um, with these savings. And you know, all these questions started popping up, like, oh, maybe uh, you know, I'm in my late twenties. Maybe I should start thinking about my retirement, or is this too early? Or maybe one day I want to buy a house. Um, do I need to start thinking about that now? Or you know, what everybody just seems to be doing is investing into the markets, but surely you shouldn't put all of your money into the markets. So how much of my total savings do I actually put into the markets and how much do I need to save? And so all these sort of fundamental questions about how to structure your financial life uh, started popping up. And I didn't have any questions. I, I started asking a lot of my friends, um, a lot of whom were finance professionals actually, and realized that they also didn't have any questions. <laughs> and that's when I sort of realized, okay, this is a, you know, this is a bigger problem. Um, and nobody seems to be tackling it. And that's sort of the angle that I'm trying to take. <laughs>
You're listening to the Bank Next Fintech Podcast. So how did you actually get Finamize off the ground then? Tell, tell me about how it got started. Sure. So um, like I said, I was, I was facing this problem myself and um, I previously had, a, had another startup. And so I was already in the sort of startup space and, and this sort of, I guess, entrepreneurial um, environment. And, and so I said, hey, you know, I'm just going to tackle the problem myself because nobody else seems to be. And the way we kind of approached it has, has been slightly unconventional in the sense that uh, we, from day one, really wanted to build an audience and, and a community that we engage with and, and really get to know them and start building up trust with them and then use that community to build a product together with them. And so what we've done is through the daily financial newsletter, we've built a community that's you know more than 120,000 people large um, and is super, super engaged. And we're now building this Finimize My Life platform together with our community. Uh, and, and what that avoids uh, from happening is that we are sort of sitting in a dark room coding away uh, a product that nobody really cares about. And so we do, we meet a lot with our users. We invite them for into our office for meetings and do a lot of sort of user testing uh, and just to really build something that people actually want. Um, so it's been a slightly unconventional approach, but uh, hopefully it's sort of the um, more sustainable one um, if, you, if you look at it from a long-term perspective. Well, it sounds like it. And, and that's a very strong community, 100,000, I have to say. Yeah, and, and, and the best thing about it is that we didn't spend any money in marketing. We um, grew pretty much fully organically through word of mouth. Um, we did yeah. a uh, pre-seed angel round, um, I guess, if you want to call it that way, uh, with Passion Capital um, and uh, just a few angels who we thought could add a lot of value. For example, one of the guys is uh, started his own wealth management company and then sold it and wrote the Financial Times Guide to Wealth Management and has been very helpful in sort of you know, building out the Finamize My Life uh, financial planning tools. So uh, at this point, um, we had to stop the recording. We've restarted because of a fire drill, a fire test uh, where Max uh, works. And the last thing I asked you, Max, was about how you actually got started as an entrepreneur and, and your early endeavors. Yeah, so I was basically, uh, I'm originally from Berlin, and I was uh, um, at high school there, and um, I somehow got really got into tech, and I sort of started building my first website uh, in HTML and Flash, which was sort of the hot thing back in the day, and uh, had just a bunch of Bart Simpson jokes on there, and um, people really liked it, and, and I thought, oh, that was actually really fun. And so I've sort of always been in, in that space. Um, and then kind of got distracted with uni a bit and got more into the business world. Um, but then essentially when I was 24, I very randomly kind of ended up in, in Zurich in Switzerland and started an e-commerce platform there, um, which essentially you can think of it, it was a sort of a multi-category e-commerce platform selling anything from fashion to sports goods to furniture and everything at a discount and well i i have to stop you there because because you're making it sound like everyone can do this but but obviously you had uh, um an aptitude for business and uh you know you said you got distracted by business and then at 24 you know you just started an e-commerce <laughs> company it all you know these are the kinds of things that entrepreneurs just just throw out there but the rest of us mere mortals it's like well you know we've got the fear factor to overcome or we don't think 
uh, we think business is beyond us. What's different about you? What was it about business that, that got you interested? So, so I guess the reason why I said business got me distracted was that I don't necessarily sort of view it that much as business as much as I would view it as building stuff. And I mm. think what's, it's just really, it's kind of when you're a kid and you play with Legos, it's just really fun to build something. And I think that's kind of how I view, and that's why I think sort of uh, online businesses are so much fun because you can build something fairly quickly and get people to use it very quickly. And I think it's the joy of building something and actually seeing that people, you know, on the tube or wherever you are, are using your product. And that it's just something very magical about that, uh, that, that sort of gets you hooked. I love that analogy, actually, that you've kind of painted it in the same way that a painter, actually, an artist would say, I love that people look at my work. And your entrepreneurs like you are creating businesses and the reward for you is that people are using them and enjoying them. Exactly. Yeah, that's, I think that's All right. how I look about it. So take me back to 24 years old again and, and the e-commerce project. Yeah, so uh, we were doing that, um, like I said, this multi-category shop. Um, and we sort of added categories um, every every year kind of thing. And we did that for around about like five years. Um, and we, I guess, got, we worked very, very hard. But we, I guess, also, you always have to have a bit of luck. And we uh, grew the company very quickly to become the largest e-commerce platform after Amazon within Switzerland. Um, and so we were a very big fish, I guess, in a very small but um, uh, thankfully quite wealthy pond. <laughs> And um, in the end, had a um, 25% household penetration within Switzerland, higher brand awareness than British Airways, and uh, had, I think, when we left, around about 200 employees um, working with us. And so it was an absolute phenomenal experience. um, And I learned a lot that I'm now using sort of at Tenomize. Yeah, it sounds incredible. What was that called? It was called Dein Deal, which in, in German means your deal. So, so what motivates you now? Is your motivation now different than what it was back then? Um, so I think back then, uh, you know, because it was my first company, I was very curious uh, how to build a company and how to run a company and, you know, ultimately how we, we then ended up selling it. And that was all really interesting. Um, but what we found was that um, because especially because in this business, in the e-commerce space, it's all about, at the end of the day, sales. Um, and that was sort of the primary driver. And, and there was not that much of a sort of bigger mission that we were pursuing, um, which sort of after a couple of years, just I think then it becomes harder to motivate yourself to, you know, keep keep at it and, and, and keep hammering away. And I think what what's amazing now about cinema is, is that this is actually solving a problem that I had and that, that a lot of people that I know have. And everybody who we've been recruiting and continue to recruit is absolutely mission driven and that's so crucial for us and the people that we hire. And so that makes it really, really fun uh, to build something uh, because the people aren't really here for sort of mercenary reasons, but they're here for mi- for sort of mission driven reasons, um, which which is just a totally different kind of company and is, is I think a lot harder to build, but it, but it's also a lot more enjoyable and a lot more rewarding. Yeah, I was going to say it has to be more rewarding, doesn't it? It really does. So, so do you think, um, let's, let's talk a little bit about your entrepreneurship again, and let's talk about leadership. Mm-hmm. Do, are, are you a good leader? Uh, I obviously aspire to be, I'm, I, I'm sure, uh, I'm only sort of 10% of where I should be, but, uh, I think I've, 
you know, I've definitely went through that sort of cycle of when you're young, you probably micromanage a lot more because you're probably also a lot more insecure about your own leadership skills. And now, you know, I'm much more of the, um, I guess, thought uh, that you, you need to hire amazing people and then sort of give them the freedom to to be amazing uh, at work. Yeah. Uh, and so I've definitely sort of changed my leadership style and, and hopefully will continue to develop that even further. Um, and I think it's a constant learning process, um, which which is, I think, is really fun to, to do. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, I think it's sort of a never ending journey. Yeah, Andy Andy Ratcliffe, who's uh, uh, you probably uh, um, know him. He's he's uh, been around the block in in terms of business ventures, and and he teaches uh, business and, and leadership as well. And and he says he's still constantly learning. You know, at his age as well, in his mid mid to late fifties. Yeah, I I think if you aren't learning, both you know from on a leadership perspective, but also you know as a whole in the business, then you're sooner or later you're probably going to die essentially in a business sense because uh there will be somebody else who's learning faster than you and who will sort of outpace you yeah uh, with this in mind what advice would you give to other young entrepreneurs in in the fintech space in particular um i think it's kind of a, a, a very general piece of advice um but i guess specifically within the fintech space it probably resonates even more is that just try and actually solve a problem um, and then just really, really work on that. I think a lot of times you see people getting fascinated by new technologies. Uh, I think AI is one of those really hot topics now where people start building products that are solutions to problems that aren't really there, that don't really exist. Um, and I think, you know, you can probably raise a lot of money with that because it's a hot topic, but whether that then is a sustainable business um, or whether it will go bust, um, I would probably question. Um, and so I think you really find a problem, ideally something that you can identify with, and then be sort of relentless about solving it. And I think then you'll build amazing products and you're going to have a lot of fun doing it because you're sort of in a sort of selfish way actually solving your own problem. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so well, I'll make my final question then about uh, um, software technology and, and fintech and, and what's being used. Where, where do you think we can go next with this in and, and let's think very much about what you just said about solving problems rather than uh, just trying to do things that don't solve anything. Where, where do you think we can go with software technology over the next five to ten years? Um, I think we we will get to a, a point where um, you will see a lot more um, sort of automation based on 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 people's personal profiles. Um, so you know, today you have to do. Uh, a lot of things manually, whether that's making sure that, uh, just a very basic example, whether that's making sure that you used all of your ISA sort of tax allowance, or um, whether you optimized your tax, uh, sort of did your tax declaration properly. And I think that kind of stuff, as we start building up larger data sets on the end users, I think that's, that's the kind of stuff where technology can really help and take the pain and the friction out of it and, and fully automate that stuff so you can focus on sort of the, the higher end value add things where you actually need to be personally involved, whether that might be sort of um, on a financial side, planning for your kid's education or maybe planning for your own retirement, that kind of stuff. And I think these sort of uh, almost admin kind of things um, will be fully automated. Yeah, getting better at using our data, right? 
Exactly, because we sort of live in this world where we are swamped by data and everybody's collecting it. But I think it's a massive challenge to actually use the data in an intelligent way. Um, and I think that's hopefully over the next couple of years will be solved through the new technologies that we see um, sort of popping up. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm, uh, I'm really delighted to, to learn about Finimize. It wasn't something that was on my radar. So, so thank you so much for that. I think I'm going to sign up. Um, <laughs> despite yeah. working in, in fintech and, and, and that sort of thing, it's always good to, to have something else uh, I can look at and, and learn from. So, so thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Bank Next Fintech podcast. The show was written and produced by Sean Weston for software technology company Bank.